Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Joseph Lobick, currently the pastor of Sacred Heart of Jesus Catholic Church in Wadsworth, Ohio, my home parish. Welcome, Father. Thanks, Tim. It's always good to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you here. Uh, we're going through uh, the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church about what we believe as Catholics. And today we're going to talk about some other uh, liturgical celebrations, and we're going to start with sacramentals. Question 272 asks, what are sacramentals? Well, sacramentals are just basically sacred signs or symbols. We all, you know, we have medals, we have crucifixes, crosses that we wear, actions that we perform, the sign of the cross when we we bless ourselves with holy water, another sacramental. So there's an array of things. The palms that we receive on Palm Sunday, the ashes on Ash Wednesday. Having our throat blessed on the Feast of St. Blaise, if we are able to do that. The blessing of food at Thanksgiving and other popular feasts throughout the uh, the church year. The, the blessing of bread at the Feast of St. Anthony is is another one that comes to mind. Or Easter baskets on, on Holy Saturday when people bring their food to be blessed in, in the church. So all those things, because they remind us of what is holy and reminds us that, again, we come from God. Without God, we're nothing. And the more we can be reminded of those things, the better off we're going to be. We just become more mindful of his love. And the more we remember his love, the more we can be instruments of that love to others. Just like we have in our homes, pictures of our parents or grandparents, our grandchildren, relatives and, and friends. They remind us of their presence. You don't talk to those pictures necessarily, you know, and expect a conversation. We don't, you know, it's just a reminder. And the same thing is true of these sacramentals. Uh, they remind us of holy people and holy things. Okay. Uh, just a question came to mind as to why we as Catholics have crucifixes as opposed to some some other Christians who may just have a, a cross without cross. the body. Well, the crucifixes reminds us because we see Christ on the cross. And that's what he had to do before he could rise from the dead. It's all one action. The suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the Paschal mystery. You can't have the resurrection without the crucifixion. You can't have the crucifixion doesn't mean a whole lot without the resurrection. So it's all one thing. And so the crucifix reminds us most clearly of the whole thing, the whole picture. It's also very scriptural. St. Paul says, I believe it's in his letter to the Corinthians, that we preach Christ crucified. crucified. Right. So again, it's very, very scriptural, and uh, I like to wear mine out because it reminds me of who I am. The most important part of right. who Tim Perry is is that I am a lover and a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, what about the rosary? That's that's a question a lot of people have. Is is you know where where's that in the Bible? What what is the rosary? Well, the rosary is a, is a scriptural prayer, truly. The mysteries of the rosary now have twenty mysteries, four sets of five that go through 
the events of the gospel in the life of Mary and Jesus, of everything that they did, and that so when we pray the rosary, we remember those events, beginning with the Annunciation. The angel came and announced to Mary that she would be the mother of God. That's in the Bible. The visitation of Mary to Elizabeth, that's in the Bible. The nativity of Christ, that's in the Bible. The presentation of our Lord in the temple, that's in the Bible. The finding of Jesus in the temple, that's in the Bible. All the mysteries are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But we put them together in a meditative and recollective prayer so that we can think about it. As we say those ten Hail Marys, we think about that event in the life of Jesus and Mary, that gospel event, and how we can put that into practice, what it says to me as I go about living my life. One point I always like to make uh, when I'm asked about uh, the rosary or even the Hail Mary is that when Jesus taught the apostles to pray, his name is nowhere in there. There's right. no mention of Jesus. But yet, in the Hail Mary, the name of Jesus, which is the most powerful word and the most powerful name right. in all of creation, is mentioned every time we say the Hail Mary. So again, it allows us to to reflect on Christ, to meditate on him, and to, to actually bring him into our consciousness by saying his name. Right. And that whole, the Hail Mary, the first half of it is all in the Bible. The words of the angel, Gabriel, to Mary, the words of Elizabeth to Mary. Very, so very it's well very said. scriptural. And, and so is the Mass. I mean, we, we recently uh, did a couple parts on the Mass. Almost the whole Mass is in the all Bible. The, all yeah, the prayers. All the prayers. It's very, very scriptural. The whole fir part, first part of the Mass is all Scripture. So we have Scripture is an essential part of our faith. Absolutely. Uh, question 273 of the UCAT asks, does the church still practice exorcism? Yes, it does. You know, in uh, at every baptism, there is a, a prayer of exorcism that, you know, that over that child that's to be baptized. Uh, to unite that child more closely with God, and hopefully that through the example of the parents and godparents, that child becomes more aware of God's love. But in those extraordinary cases, too, where there have been documented cases of demonic possession, Jesus was, is the scriptures, drove out demons, and he authorized his apostles to drive out demons. So it's all very, very much a part of what Jesus wants us to do and taught us to do. But today we have to be very careful because sometimes it can be a psychological disorder. So no exorcism is performed without thorough investigation and ultimately has to be okayed by the bishop. Just not any priest can perform an exorcism. A priest that is there is a priest, usually in every diocese, designated by the bishop to be the exorcist. And that's who he would call upon to perform an exorcism. Okay. Uh, question 275 talks about venerating relics. Is it permissible? And what do we mean when we say we venerate relics? Well, we venerate the relic as a way of honoring the saint that it represents. A relic is a piece of, of flesh or bone from a saint or some clothing that they possessed or something that was touched to their body. So it's all uh, a way of honoring, again, remembering that person, that person who followed Christ, not 
maybe necessarily without any fault, but everybody has their ups and downs. We're all sinners. And so we need to to uh, to re- to realize that that this person that's why we look to the saints because they were faithful to God not because they never did anything wrong never made any mistakes they did but they turned to God always turning to God and that's what their life and their example encourages us to do one of the teachings of the church that I love is how we make the saints a part of the mass and a part of right. our lives. And it reminds me that our Heavenly Father's plan of salvation is a team effort. It's not just me and Jesus or me and the Holy Spirit or me and my Bible. Right. It's all of us encouraging each other in our walk with Christ and helping one another yeah. get to heaven. Right. So that's that's important. Question 276 talks about the purpose of a pilgrimage. I know a lot of people go to Medjugorje, uh, Our Lady of Lords in France. What is the purpose of a pilgrimage? Well, the purpose of a pilgrimage is not a vacation, but it's a journey of faith. And it reminds us any pilgrimage we can take, we can take a pilgrimage of 20 miles to go to a shrine or a church. Or it can be thousands of miles if we go to Fatima or Lourdes or Medjugorje, whatever the, the, the Holy Land is a very, very wonderful place to visit. But those journeys remind us of the journey of life. And through that process, we gain an awareness of of holiness, of seeking to follow Jesus on his pilgrimage, his journey. He journeyed all over the place, not more than 50 miles from where he was born, but his whole life, his whole ministry was a journey. And so we imitate that journey to go to these places in which, during which that time, we can, through prayer and the sacraments, have a greater devotion to Jesus and follow him more closely in our everyday lives. It's kind of similar in the Old Testament. We see the Jewish people always going to the temple once a year. Right. Yeah, that's right. Their whole journey through the desert, too, the pilgrimage to the promised land. Question 277 asks, what are the Stations of the Cross? Stations of the Cross are like 14 little scenes from the passion of Jesus Christ, beginning with his condemnation by Pilate, being condemned to death, and carrying his cross, meeting the Blessed Mother, the times that he he, he fell, St. Veronica wiping his face, his meeting the women of Jerusalem, being stripped of his garments, nailed to the cross, dying on the cross, taken down from the cross, and laid finally in the tomb. These are very popular devotions, more popular during Lent and Holy Week because they remind us of that passion of Jesus. But we pray them throughout the year. They're in most every Catholic church would have the Stations of the Cross. It's an exercise in just reflecting on the passion of Jesus Christ. Our Lord told St. Faustina that whoever reflects upon his passion will have many graces. And we, through that, we draw close to Jesus because we realize how much he loved us, loves us for all that he suffered for us. I, I know on my own personal uh, journey uh, to the Lord, when I reflect on his suffering, it helps minimize what I think is such a big deal in my life as far as suffering. Because I know I'll never suffer as much as Christ did. No, no. But again, it's it's. I think I need to be reminded from time to time that I'm going to suffer, 
But yet Christ suffered for me, and he was perfectly innocent and totally innocent. But he willingly offered to do it so that I could get to heaven. Right, right. So, again, his shed blood is what what opened up the gates. Uh, What is the purpose of a Christian funeral? The purpose of a Christian funeral, funeral usually is a mass offered for the repose of the soul of whoever died. And that is a very important thing. It's not just... It is very important to that person who died. The greatest thing you can do, the greatest prayer you can say for someone who has died is to offer masses for them. The funeral mass being the first mass offered for that person. Today, so many people, because they don't go to church anymore, they skip it for their parents. It's a great, great tragedy because that is the great, even if you don't go to mass anymore, have that funeral mass for your parents because they were faithful and that mass will help them and it will help you through that whole process of grieving because it reminds us that death is not the end but there is the resurrection and we all look forward to that so it's important to be reminded the wake and the funeral offer so much consolation and strength you've said more than once father that we don't even know how powerful the graces are that we receive when we go to Mass. Right. It's absolutely great. Well, we've been listening to Father Joe Labeck. Thank you, Father, for sharing your thoughts on on different uh, liturgical celebrations of the Church as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church on Faith with Father. This has been Tim Perry, your host. Until next time, may God bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.